0: help my DTC grow, strategies and quick wins that build up 8-figure DTC brands. What is the secret behind subscription-based e-commerce? How to switch to it as a DTC brand? Good Subscription Agency is the leading subscription agency on Shopify. They specialize in helping subscription brands grow. Andre, the agency's founder, has helped brands like C2table.com increase their subscribers by 200% in just 90 days and reduce churn for loot box brands like Magic. This podcast episode will provide answers to the following questions. How can e-commerce businesses effectively evaluate and choose the right subscription pricing and packaging options for their customers? Do you need to rethink your marketing strategy if you transfer to a subscription model? How to ensure a smooth customer experience and when to switch from e-commerce to subscription-based model? How can e-commerce businesses use data to optimize subscriptions and drive customer growth? And of course, I'm here to help your DTC brand grow, so I ask all my favorite questions at the end. Books to read, mistakes to avoid, quick growth tips and tools to use. Now, let's get ready! why do some customers order from your DTC brand for years while others cancel after their first order? Why is it that as, as a DTC brand owner, I, sh- I should uh, ask this question from you?
1: That's a million dollar question almost because it asks you to understand your customer and subscriber cohorts and understand who is a real high customer lifetime value subscriber, who is going to be your diehard fan versus somebody who's just signed up for a discount, somebody who might not get the same unblocked experience or they might not be expecting or they might have an expectation of your product uh, that's different. So from the high spending cohort. So the the value of asking that question, it tells you to do two things. Understand who your highest spenders are. Who are those people who have been ordering for you from you for 10, 20 orders? And actually talking to them, getting on the phone with them and asking them questions around. What was the first time you saw value in our product? Okay, what can you describe what that moment can you actually give an example of what that moment was like? How are you using this product in your day-to-day life? Because these are the people who figured out how to not get tired of your product. They're actually getting a ton of value from it and they're not canceling, they're not pausing, they're not skipping. They found a way to build it into their routine versus somebody who might not have had the same, they don't just don't know how to use your product quite well. Um, I can give a practical example that's easy to understand. So Mudwater uh, is a brand that people, uh, people might know. It's a coffee substitute. Mudwater in itself, I'm a subscriber. My wife likes it. But I personally don't like the taste at all. And I see why they're unboxing experience the way it is. And here's what they're doing. So whenever you get a box of mud water or you get your first starter p- kit of mud water, and this highlights the importance of unboxing, you don't just get a package of mud water. Here's mud water. Here's a latte frother that you get for free. And here's some coconut milk and some substitutes and some sweeteners for you to actually prepare your first drink uh, as a latte and because i promise you that mudwater looked at all of their subscribers and they looked at customers who have been ordering mudwater for 12 24 months and they're like, why are these people, how are they so different? And I'm sure that they've looked into this and found that, hey, people who enjoy mud water the most are people who figured out how to make a latte on their own with it. And now mud water is doing everything they can to get that value to you as fast as possible of, hey, here is the, fr- we've given you everything, the frother, the sweetener, the coconut milk, all you have to do is just prep it in the house. Also, the recipe of how to make the latte is literally on the lid of the box. Once you open it, it's facing you and it says 70 percent of customers enjoy mud water as a latte. You should do this. And typically that's actually what separates brands that are staggered in growth from seven figure to eight figure brands. Is that unboxing experience and that deep of an understanding of what makes highest lifetime customers tick versus people who have just tried your product once or twice and maybe didn't have the great that great of an experience.
0: So basically the hardest part is not to get subscribers, it is how to satisfy them.
1: It's easy to sell something with, or you can buy, you can spend some money on ads. You can spend some money on paid traffic. You can get people to check out. But to get them to order the second time is the hardest part.
0: Mm. So it, it could be a dumpster for, for subscri- subscribers.
1: It's really hard to build a profitable business by just selling one pro- something one time to a customer. And um, now with higher, uh, basically ever increasing ad costs, you're seeing that what you really need to do is, and this is why subscriptions, I think, will be a really prevalent business model, especially in 2023. Pundits are calling it the year of retention. It's like, how do we get existing customers to just buy a new product, a new way to experience an old product? So it's really working with uh, existing customers. And when you can get somebody to order for the second time, or the third time, or the fourth time, that's actually where uh, subscriptions really come in. And to do that, you really have to understand how the real value of your product, the value that your highest paying customers see in your product. And you can't guess that. You can't guess that as a business owner because that's the initial response to everybody is like, oh, I think it's this and let's try this. Unfortunately, when you when you make those kind of low resolution guesses um, as, a, as a seven figure brand or even an eight figure brand, every single guess costs you time and money. And if, in times like today, you don't have unlimited time and money. You might be profitable or you might be venture-backed. But at the end of the day, you're eliminating that risk of guessing by just simply asking your customer and getting on the phone with some high-lifetime customers, hey, why, what value do you see? How do you use it to your day-to-day? What was that first experience like?
0: Yeah, so, so basically you are decreasing the cost of experiment just by talking to your customer.
1: The, yes, it's exactly. It's the risk. It's the risk and the cost of the experiment because we have so many tools to quali- quantitatively aggregate all of this data and be like we have heat maps where so we can do on-site surveys, but nobody has the guts to just like pick up the phone anymore and talk to talk to a person who's been with you for... I, I talk to brands so often where it's like, oh, this customer spent like been with us for two years. We should really talk to them and then they never end up doing that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's just like working at the software as a service company. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it's
1: telling engineers that they need to go talk to real people to figure out if this actually is good or not.
0: And there's just screech like, ah! <laughs>
1: <laughs> Yeah. Well, it's tough. You're looking at ambitious, smart people who um, are really, like, really proud and really protective of what they've done, and it's hard to take that criticism. And this is actually a lot of the times what people hire somebody out to do. That we're going through this exact same process for our brand and for our for our agency, a uh, good subscription agency. And it's like we are hiring an outside consultant to go and survey our highest sticking clients because i can go into that interview and i can ask them questions because i've known these people for years but the problem is i'm gonna already guess all the answers that they will give me and i'll probably fill in that way too much with my own bias so it's so much more value to to have a third party ask that
0: if a brand removes a month-to-month subscription and only offers fixed prepaid three six 12-month terms, what would happen to churn and acquisition?
1: That's a really interesting and tricky question. Um, yeah, you,
0: you asked from your LinkedIn audience. Also. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's like, what if we decided to get rid of the month-to-month plan and just say, hey, fix prepaid three months, six months, 12 months. I would imagine that your customer acquisition costs would go up. It depends on uh, pretty much across the board, actually, independently. That's a for sure thing. And the risk is that or the the proposed bet is that because you're locking people into a three or six or a 12 month plan, your retention is gonna get better your uh, customer lifetime value is going to get higher. This is an interesting experiment we've yet to run. I don't actually don't um, don't have real-world experience of this and this is why I was asking. The LinkedIn audience if somebody if somebody had looked into this because we talked about software as a service as a way to think about subscriptions and subscribers. And there is a reason why software as a service companies are offering you 3, 6, 12-month plans and when you for example think about a sign up for a software subscription, they are opting you into the annual plan with a little toggle at default, and they're telling you, hey, you should probably look at annual pricing, but you can go month to month. My my guess is that uh, if you disable month to month, you'll probably have longer sticking around customers. And one might say that they are more profitable or more valuable, Or, but honestly, I don't quite know the answer to that question. I think it, it depends, obviously, brand to brand, but I'd be curious to, to find that out.
0: In my opinion, if you release the beast of uh, ordering not just month to month but uh, quarterly it could maybe give them some air so some time to think about maybe on other solutions so maybe it's it's in in that way it's it's not a good way of thinking but uh, on the other way they won't be pushed too much towards your your solution so maybe they will stick with it
1: it's definitely possible that you'll you'll give yourself a little more time to drive the value of your product maybe give you a little more runway to build a better onboarding like a longer onboarding sequence but we also i think generally our philosophy is flexibility in a, in your offer is very important mm-hmm. because um you don't you can't really it's really hard to predict and i know that you People try to predict and personalize an experience. If you, some customers would only sign up month to month because they need to try your product first, and they need to be able to uh, see what the benefits are before they're ready to commit. And as a as a framework, I think flexibility is a better framework than trying to limit order, limit limit that.
0: And I know that you coming from the software as a service side of the industry, and I've also read that uh, you are into onboarding also. So how could an e-commerce brand have onboarding? Isn't that a an- Says expression formula
1: that's a great question actually so very much customer onboarding is a software as a service expression and the idea here is we want to minimize not to get too wishy-washy time to first value what is that first value that the customer sees and how do we get in your product and how do we get it to them as fast as possible in software as a service it's very easy because it's a digital experience you click Purchase and then you're instantly dropped into, hey, here's a guided tutorial on how to. Here's all this, all these features, and here's all this, all these numbers, and here is a, a way for you to get value out of it. Subscription brands or e-commerce brands or direct-to-consumer brands, they don't have the luxury of giving you the or giving you the, the product and the package right away after you press checkout. So how do you supplement that? How can you create an experience, an onboarding experience quickly? and effectively more is the bigger question. So uh, there's a couple of ways to do this. First of all, coming back to talking to your highest paying customers, figuring out what was that moment of aha, like whenever they got that product in the mail, what was that aha moment for a lot of them was probably the unboxing experience. It was like if you if you have one, if you have a good one, I should say, or maybe it was the moment when they shared their your product with a friend. So, for example, if you subscribe to really high quality coffee or whatever artisanal stuff, it's like, oh, I, when I brewed that first cup, that's when I had it was like, oh, you know what? This is for me. Or if it's a club thing uh, and you get new coffee every month. Maybe it's the fact that when I had my second cup or my second coffee uh, that you guys on the second month, then I realized, you know what? These guys consistently say every coffee they send is a winner and that I'm definitely sticking around here. The the beauty here, same thing with Mudwater, exactly the same example. What was an aha moment and how do we get that aha moment to people as fast as possible? We help brands, part of this could be, um, a big part of this is the unboxing experience. Another layer to this is, email onboarding and digital onboarding. So a lot of brands subscription brands are now working with ideas of community, uh, building a community around your membership or subscription. That's one thing. Also introducing that into like a five to six email welcome flow of emails. The first email is like you've just became a subscriber. First email is, Hey, here's a personalized letter from the founder being like, Hey, you've just joined this movement. Thanks for being awesome. Here's a private Facebook group. Go in there, ask questions, and uh, see how people are using our product and, and what they're getting out of it i love this because this is instantly bringing people into a community which has value in itself so they're getting that oh cool but it's also likely uh, we'll show them an unboxing experience because somebody in that community will probably talk about what's actually in every package. This is how I'm using things that, that come in every package. So you're instantly getting user-generated content and you're being reaffirmed that, hey, this was a great idea and a great decision. Uh, so that would be second. Uh, the third email generally or second around third is around manager subscription like a pro. This is, I fight brands with this one a little bit sometimes because Brands feel like the more we uh, teach people how to skip or delay or show them where the cancel button is, they're likely to press it. The logic to this, however, though, is your job here is not to hide the cancel button, is to actually show every single option that is much better than cancel. So a skip or a delay, update payment, change address, all of those things are probably not super intuitive to find. And even for the biggest brands, they're really tricky to navigate sometimes because the login, you might forget the password and well, how do I go in here? It's just easier to maybe send a reply to an email to say, I just want to cancel this. So your job is to train them how to manage their subscription like a pro. Pretty much all uh, subscription metrics studies show that people who take more customer actions in their portal have higher customer lifetime value. So the more they're likely to interact with and and self-manage, the better they are at not canceling and retaining on for longer. So welcome them to the community through onboarding, show them how to manage their subscription like a pro, create an unboxing experience for them before they even get the box in the mail. And then once they get the box in the mail, that's the real time when uh, when the rubber hits the road, make sure that that's awesome. Uh, Include some kind of a surprise and delight in there that they're not potentially expecting. Uh, and it could be something as simple as stickers or a promo or, or a referral card that, hey, here's this beautiful card that you can give to a friend and they'll get some kind of a deal or a discount. So it's really tricky, but it's very key to creating long improving retention and churn and maximizing customer lifetime value is that first impression after the purchase
0: yeah you said that it's tricky is it tricky on the dtc brand side also so do i have to work more on the subscription if i if i want to invest in subscription model or download an app for that or use this app uh, having some people who is doing the most of the work or will it cost me more to detour to a subscription pen? From a business
1: standpoint, it's like, how, how valuable are subscriptions? And it doesn't, it... Like Yes, there's extra work that goes into all of this. Um, You might need to add free products and increase your unit, like your unit economics might get out of whack and you increase your costs. However, what we're seeing, especially now, is with 2023 and ad costs and people worried about recession, that basically a subscription business model is probably the most resistant business model to this because you're relying on existing customer relationships. And being good to your existing subscribers is actually the best way to maintain profits and, keep growing. So that's kind of the good in the good subscription agency is being good to your highest paying customers is your best way to growth. So and what what does it mean to be good? Well, you provide them flexibility of plans, pricing, different SKU options, personal ability to personalize their experience, having clear transparency of like, here's how to manage your subscription like a pro. And the last one is pampering with surprise and delight campaigns or giving them exclusives and offers that stack on top of your Physical kit that chips in the uh, physical product that ships in the mail every month or three months or whatever. You're, you're banking, and what we find coming back to why subscriptions a subscriber is two to three times more valuable than a one time customer once you get them to subscribe. And that's generally what we see across the brands that we work with. One time purchasers have a customer lifetime value of, let's say, $200, where subscribers average out six. And that's how you justify your higher customer acquisition costs, which keep rising. So you say, holy moly, how do we keep getting this person to come back? Because I can't just be a profitable business by selling to them once. Introducing a subscribe and save or a subscription or a membership uh, is a really powerful way to, to increase profits. It comes back to simple, the simple idea that, Hey, your existing relationships, are more valuable than new ones and they're more uh, and they give you better ROI because than the new ones trying to convince somebody to buy from your friend uh, brand for the first time is a lot less effective than trying to convince somebody to buy from your brand the sixth time right so and that's generally um, what we try to preach
0: yeah so subscription uh, works with retention so so it will increase retention and decrease churn exactly and how can a business balance the need for a transparent and flexible process with the need to maintain profitability and stability
1: That's a tough question, too, because we talk about consumer centric or business centric kind of this idea of like, how do I balance out the needs of the business with the needs of the customer? And I I genuinely believe that if you focus on your highest spending customers, you have to know who the right people are and who are the right fit people for your brand. And these are people who are okay to pay the premium. They're okay to they're they're perfectly happy and they're not thinking about canceling. Uh, with your current offer. So in this particular spot, you have to know how to uh, identify the value that they see and talk to them directly. Ask them, don't assume what value they see, ask them. And that's how you're going to get really good feedback that takes away the risk of trying to figure out what works and what doesn't, because that's generally what the biggest risk of growing. And that's the biggest expense of growing a brand is you're making bets that you don't know how they're going to play out so ask your highest paying, highest, most loyal subscribers and customers, um, what do you see in this? What do you like? What do you not like? Um, give, us some, give us some ideas, because that takes out a lot
0: of the guessing. If you wake up as a Disney business owner, what would be the question that you'd ask from an agency right immediately? When they come up with ah, you should choose subscription model.
1: I'd say show me the proof. And if I were to hire an agency, yeah, I'd basically ask them, have you worked with people like us? Show me the proof of the type of work you've done and what were the results. And they don't even necessarily have to be rock star results. There'd be just like slam dunk results. Uh, they could be. It's like okay, show me what you were trying to prove, what your what kind of questions you're trying to ask, and how did you execute? Those would be the the things things I'd be asking agencies.
0: The second question that came into my mind uh, as a DTC owner, how can my uh, e-commerce business effectively evaluate and choose the right subscription pricing and packaging options for the customers? So I, I talk with them, but uh, we have a great chat and I, I don't know what to offer, what package and what pricing.
1: Basically if you already have existing customers that are on, on subscription pricing, getting to understand what value is is what value they get and making sure that they're getting that value consistently basically at a profitable scale is your the job as a business. So it's like we provide value and we're profitable. If you don't have any subscri- if you don't have any pricing uh, or you don't have any customers or you don't really know, or you're introducing subscribe, uh, for example, subscri- subscribe and save for the first time, it's like, what should that discount be? It would be 10%, 5%, 15%. I, again, it's unit economics. So it's very different from brand to brand on your profit margins. And my job, as I keep saying this, my job is not to give away other people's money. The, the goal here is you have to be okay to test and assume that you'll need to run a couple of experiments to understand what pricing works better and what positioning works better and what welcome offer works better. So um, in short, have a couple of variables and test those variables. Uh, and be yeah, and be okay with looking at as as an experiment if you're super new.
0: And if I want to transition from a traditional e-commerce model to a subscription-based model, should I make this transition immediately with all of the parts, all of the products, or just a little part of the customers? Just just the ones that are the most loyal. Yeah, I understand this, but what about the others? Do I need to run these parallel models? So the traditional model and the subscription model or the traditional model would be great for just uh, getting the leads to the subscription model.
1: Great question. It's kind of it generally works out exactly like you said. If you have, for example, a one if you're a one-time purchase brand and you're looking to do subscriptions, as soon as you spin up a subscription model, uh, a, a way to buy your product on a recurring basis, and you give some some, some kind of a discount, let's say fifteen percent off, or you get access to this exclusive something on top of that. You'll see and you make the email announcement to everybody, you'll see that a chunk of your customers will transition themselves into subscribe and save. And then you're going to have a question of, okay, well, so all of my existing customers are aware of that we have subscriptions. Some will never want to switch. Some still are not convinced that they want to buy from time to time. And so then it's a game of understanding why they're not thinking about subscriptions, why are they not considering them? And also figuring out why are the people who are subscribed, why did they decide to subscribe? And getting that messaging out to the people who are still on the fence. For new subscribers, people who are just landing on your website, and for new customers, what we recommend from a a conversion standpoint is uh, run a test of opting people into subscriptions by default or as saying, hey, subscribe and save is actually the recommended way to purchase this product versus the one time. If you're truly getting a better deal and it's a cancel anytime subscription, why would you not try a subscription to begin with? I have to find a better way to say this, but I've heard somebody say this. It's like you have to make a person feel stupid for picking the subscribe for not picking subscribe and save. It's like okay, well, there's all the reasons. It's literally the recommended way to buy from our brand. Why would you pick subscri- uh, one-time purchase? Test this, and it's very easy to split test these things and see and see what it does to your conversion rates and to your total checkout revenue. Because there is a risk. It's like well, if we lean people way too heavily into subscriptions, maybe they won't bought, maybe they're just bounced. Like they will see that maybe it's not good to buy from his company for the, just one time, but letting people really easily swap between subscribe and save a one-time purchase at that sign up flow we found through, through split tests. Uh, is that the conversion rate actually stays flat. doesn't matter if you pick subscribe and save or one time as a default. However, if you pick subscribe and save as a default, your subscription signups go up by roughly 40 to 50%, or at least we did this for one Shopify Plus brand, and those are the results that we got. So
0: yeah, you mentioned the uh, two metrics that are affected by that. Uh, are there any metrics or analytics that I need to learn if I transfer to subscription plans? So for the, for the business, LTV, AOV, CAC, and all the SaaS metrics that uh, are coming in.
1: That's exactly the tricky bit is how do I balance out this new business model? Because this new business model needs to be looked at it from a different slightly different lens. Um, The best way to look at it and what we see works for big brands and how they think about it is generally their CAC to LTV ratio. At the end of the day, what is that lifetime value of a customer? And And the LTV actually looks at your retention and churn as your key metric there. So the only real new metric you're looking at is your monthly MRR churn or your subscriber churn, whichever is more applicable to you. So that would be a big piece. Churn is the, so if you think about that, again, not to get too technical, but if you think about the uh, customer lifetime formula and, uh, or at least the one that we use, you look at your total gross sales um, and you subtract your expenses. You look at true profit margins and you divide it by your churn percentage. And your monthly, and this could be over a course of a month or a quarter or a, or a year. And you say, you know what, over course of a month, we lose 6% of clients. Um, and that's generally what we see with a lot of subscription brands to passive and active churn to people who... Credit card expired, or they didn't renew, or their prepaid subscription expired, and as well as people who proactively cancel. So it's like 6%. And the lower you can get that bottom denominator number of churn down, like from 1 to from 5% to 2 to 3 to 1, it's really difficult. But it makes a massive impact on that total profitability number. CACTA LTV that is based on churn, on the health of your uh, subscriber churn. And there's a number of different ways that you can try to mitigate churn. Onboarding is one big one and onboarding process and a good transparent process around subscription flexibility.
0: Do I have to rethink my marketing activities? What do you focus on in marketing and how to use the subscription model for better results?
1: So first of all, full transparency, our agency doesn't touch paid media at all. We we create landing pages, we work on email marketing, but generally speaking, this is for returning subscribers. So we don't buy ads. We don't, uh, run ads. We don't run creative for ads. However, when we do, we obviously work closely with ad agencies. And what we generally find is because of the customer lifetime value is so much higher for a subscriber than it is for a one-time purchaser. It's kind of easy to ask. Uh, and it's very easy to work with the ad agency and say, Hey, um, it seems like the subscribers, they spend a lot more. We should probably spend, focus more on subscribers. Cause that's what the ad agency wants to do. Cause they'll be like, Oh, Costs are going up. You got to figure out how to get how to remarket to these clients. You got to figure out how to get them to stay around for order three, four, 10, 15, whatever. And then they can say, well, your ROAS is, well, this much. And generally speaking, I don't know if it necessarily means rethinking your strategy. Um, and I'm, I think I'm underqualified to talk about marketing strategy. But uh, I think the customer lifetime value of a subscriber is something you absolutely have to consider when deciding between your. Uh, Your marketing mix.
0: Maybe I reframe this question. Should I forget about the customer if they subscribed? (laughs) So subscription will go on and the money will flow.
1: I appreciate that's a softball question. I (laughs) I like that. (laughs) So uh, no, and that's actually a very common natural thing that we see from brands. For example, let's talk about Black Friday, Cyber Monday and how that works with subscriptions and the most common thing we see is Black Friday, Cyber Monday happens and you start giving away better pricing than what your existing longest standing customers have. And guess what that does? That p- drives people nuts and people cancel and re-sign up at a, at a lower price and they have, or they just cancel. Everybody has a, this gripe with cell phone companies and cable companies be like, I've been with you guys for years. How are you giving this better deal to a new customer? And this is exactly what we hate them for. And then we can't help, but do the same thing. Why? Well, you have to think about your subscribers first, and when it comes to things like Black Friday, Cyber Monday, think about it from their standpoint first. And I love, uh, for example, Athletic Greens does this, where they say, "Hey, instead of doing this," so you've been a longtime subscriber. Here's a free gift that you get for during Black Friday Cyber Monday season with your next order. So it's like they're still telling you, "Hey, you're still going to pay exactly what you paid, but on this order, order 6 or this during this holiday season, you're going to get this free gift from us just for, for being awesome. Just because we love you." And that's one real good way to think about your current subscribers and as a small surprise and delight campaign. It could be just a little thank you card. It could be some stickers, it could be a cheap product that is complimentary, or it could be like a, a brand collaboration you have worked with another brand, uh, some kind of sampler. So just small surprise and delight things around the sale season, help extend customer lifetime value even more. Cause again, it's a relationship. I, I just got married last year. So uh, this was kind of top of mind and it's like in a long standing relationship, some pampering is required every now and again. It's like, yes, I'm here, I'm reliable. Um, uh, this is who I am, welcome to the club. But you need to you need to show that person that you love them, uh, and you need to make special moments happen. Still, so it doesn't just you know doesn't just dry up afterwards.
0: Yeah, we are full with the dating analogy of marketing now. And anal- the anal- analogy will be like a subscription marriage. You know. Yeah. <laughs> yes.
1: Well, um, there's a really good book called "The Membership Economy" and uh, and by Robbie Calman Baxter uh, that inspired a lot of kind of, um, she's the next uh, Netflix exec. So she's thinking, she's been thinking about this for a while. And she also has a book called the forever transaction. And it's literally talking about how you have to treat people once they become a member or a subscriber. And yeah, it fundamentally talks about, it's a relationship business. People want to trust your brand. People want to feel like your brand is accommodating to their life. And people want to feel like they're getting real value and they're, they got trust, flexibility, and occasional pampering from your brand. Um, and that's how they're going to stick around for a long, long time. So I would highly recommend that that read to anybody.
0: If you are married, it's it's a necessity. Yeah. Yes,
1: if you're married, read the Forever Transaction. <laughs>
0: yes. No,
1: there's probably better books on that. Not just, nothing against Robbie, but
0: yeah, it's funny that you mentioned uh, books because I want to ask you the question that uh, if you would write a book about subscription, what would be the title?
1: Uh, the title. That's a. I would say something like. Be good to people, and that's how you grow. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not. Uh, I don't know. I'm not a wordsmith like that. But I feel like it would just be something as simple as grow by simply being good to people, or grow your business by simply being good to people.
0: That's that's a great way. Yeah, your agency's name is a uh, good, good, good subscription. Good so. subscription agency. Yeah. Yeah, it's a manifesto then. Yeah. Here we go. <laughs> And last but not least, I want to give some seeds and nutrition for DTC brands to grow. So there is four quick questions that I always ask my uh, guests. Uh, the first would be books again. What books or influencers would you recommend to follow or read as a DTC brand?
1: If I just had to limit it to, there's a ton of uh, really cool people in the space. If I had to limit to one, um, I'd say Robbie Kelman's bachelor's book, yeah um i'd say the membership economy it's kind of an og but it's really really good so if you're thinking about subscriptions a podcast man it's really hard because i i listened it's probably my primary source of uh, of taking in all these ideas i'd say um the subscription radio with Ben Fisher has probably some of the most innovative in the weeds people I've uh, I've listened to. So they're they're really focused on e-commerce subscriptions. Also, the Bold, uh, Bold Commerce podcast is really really good. The uh, uh, unofficial Shopify podcast with Carles uh, is really good. Those are kind of been my go-tos. Yeah, those those people I'd say go keep an eye out. Um, Matt Matt Pullman's, uh the subscription prescription newsletter is the best newsletter in this space and um, e-commerce subscription space. So. So,
0: um, yeah. yeah. He will be also on the show. So oh, okay. So well, look at that. Good to mention it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. The second one is, what is the biggest mistake that the DTC brands could make? The single biggest one.
1: Not looking for customer feedback early, early or consistently. You might do it once, but you're not really doing this all the time. One thing that I recommend doing is building in not a review, but a survey, an NPS survey, a customer satisfaction survey into your post-order e- email flow. So it's not like, hey, write a review for us, because that's that's really not where you're looking for feedback. It's like, hey, here is an NPS survey. So like, how likely would you ask to recommend us to a friend from zero to 10? Or look it up. And getting real feedback about how was your last experience? Uh, what did you like about it? What did you not? And I've seen brands also uh, go as far as have Facebook Live events with their membership and with their communities and be like, How was the last box? How did you guys like it? What didn't you like? And you get quick responses and you get quick feedback. And it's probably one of the best. Like, it takes guts to get out, get, you know, in front of a couple of thousand people and be like, What didn't you like? And see what people say. It builds interaction, it builds trust fundamentally. It's, yeah, at the end of the day, it's relationships.
0: Yeah, it, it takes guts to ask for my mm-hmm. wife also. Uh... <laughs> yes, it does. Yes, it does. <laughs> yeah the third question would be could you tell me your quick growth tip related to DTC or subscription
1: the most effective split test we ran last year was opting people into subscribe and save versus one-time purchase um and that was like the most low-hanging fruit by default and then to look at how that affects your customer lifetime value And look at how that affects your subscriber rates, because that is one of those things that you can just easily flip with a switch, but it can have literally a a kind of a life-changing effect on your business.
0: The last question is, we haven't talked about tools yet. I know that strategy and tactics are more important and what to do with them. But what tools would you use as a DTC brand for growth?
1: We work with all subscription apps out there. And we work with basically, yeah, we just pick the one that is right for the brand in mind, because that's fundamental. When you ask me about tools, it's like, what subscription app would you recommend there? Right now, there's so many good apps out there, actually, um, for the first time in a long time, uh, subscription apps that you can find an app that is perfect for your strategy in your niche. Rather than being just going like, this is the only one out there and I'm just going to go with that one because it has this one feature. So I would recommend instead of giving up tool recommendation, look into these apps and what's available. Test drive four, five, six, ten. Install them on a test store before you make this decision because it's going to be the backbone of your subscription business. And if you're going to build something on that, you want to make sure that it fits with your short term goals and your long term goals.
0: Great. Thank you for accepting my call, Andre. Yeah, yeah we were the on. second Andre on the show.
1: That's yeah. You can't have too many. That's, yeah. I feel like there's more. There, there's 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 value in just volume. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. That was my pickup line. If, mm. we, if we stick with the marriage and dating yeah. analogy.
1: Thanks. <laughs> hey, well, thanks for having me on, man. You're welcome. It's an honor.
0: And don't forget to try these tips today. For more seeds and nutrition, stay tuned for the next episode.